When did you first hear about monkeypox? I first heard about monkeypox, I think, back in May. This is Matt Ford. He's an actor and a writer. He splits his time between New York and L.A. Yes, but I didn't know anyone who had it and didn't really think it was anything to be taken that seriously that immediately. Well, Matt says a few weeks later, that all changed. So on Friday, June 17th, I got a call from uh, someone I had had prolonged skin-to-skin contact with the weekend prior, um, informing me that he was pretty sure he had monkeypox. He was just waiting on the confirmed test result. You can probably guess what happened next. Matt says he noticed a few lesions on his body that weren't there before. So he gets a test, and sure enough, it came back positive. Then came the symptoms. Sore throat, cough, full body chills, the whole nine. That was followed by more lesions. A lot more. So I counted more than 25 in total on my legs, feet, you know, arms, shoulders, hands, one on my scalp. And some of those were excruciatingly painful. It would be a total of three weeks and three days before Matt was cleared to leave isolation. And Matt says during that time, he was more or less in the dark. For me, it was very much figuring it out as it went along. And I think my doctor even said that because, you know, I was one of the earlier cases. So I think they even said, you know, we're learning at the same time you are. Um, which oh, so the in doctor hindsight, didn't even fully realize, like, here's what X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And in hindsight, that's really frustrating because... And while yeah. anyone can get monkeypox... Many in the LGBTQ community are especially frustrated. For some, the federal government's slow response to the outbreak brings back memories of the HIV-AIDS epidemic of the 80s and 90s, when gay men were stigmatized and ostracized. I want to reiterate that there is no place for shame or stigma in having this. Um, I think it's easy for people to experience that with the lesions. It can feel like a scarlet letter, but I'm just reminding people that they've done nothing wrong in getting it. Uh, It's just the way the cards have fallen and... It really helped me to remember that it is temporary. It might be really painful and awful, but it is a temporary condition, and eventually you will be on the other side of it. It seems, though, like we are far from the other side of this outbreak. As of last Thursday, there were more than 10,000 confirmed monkeypox cases in the U.S. And think about this. We crossed that threshold less than two weeks after hitting 5,000, and not even three months since the first U.S. case. So today, I'm bringing on CNN health reporter Jacqueline Howard. We're going to break down exactly what we know about monkeypox, what you can do to keep yourself safe, and how the Biden administration says it's working to keep up with vaccine demand. It's August 14th, and this is the Sunday edition of CNN Five Things. I'm David Rind. Jacqueline, you've been reporting on the monkeypox outbreak here in the U.S. since the very beginning, so I'd like to start with the very basics. What is it? And what are the symptoms? Yeah, so I'll first start with what monkeypox is. It is a virus, and it's within the same group of viruses as smallpox. So it's similar but not as severe as smallpox. And when someone gets infected, you initially present with flu-like symptoms like fever, chills, swollen lymph nodes, and that characteristic rash. And that rash can go through several stages. It can look like a pimple or blister and then develop into what are called pustules. And those can scab, crust over, and heal. I know. It it does not sound fun. And believe me, if, if you are someone who's infected, it can be painful. And you're considered contagious until that scab or pustule completely 
heals. And that can take up to four weeks. So this can take some time. And even though um, you can die from monkeypox, you know, thankfully, we have not seen a high fatality rates in this global outbreak. Hmm. Most cases in the current outbreak have not required hospitalization. If someone did go to the hospital, it was most likely for pain, because like I said, those pustules can be very painful. Okay, so how does it spread? First of all, I do want people to know this is not like COVID. So don't freak out. This is not airborne. How it spreads is really with close personal contact. So that includes like skin to skin contact. That can include direct contact with those pustules that I described. And in some cases, it can spread through contact with contaminated objects like bed sheets or Mm. towels. But during this current outbreak, with most cases, we are seeing the virus spread through sexual contact. Now, the vast majority of cases have been among men who have sex with men and they reported sexual transmission. But it does not mean that if you do not include yourself in that group of men who have sex with men, that you are not at risk. I mean, anyone who comes in contact with an infected person can get the virus. Yeah, that's that's what I wanted to ask, because uh, I wonder if you can clear this up. I, I know I've heard a lot of confusion around this. This is not an STD, right? And it doesn't only impact men who have sex with men, right? Right, exactly. Uh, Again, anyone can get monkeypox. I mean, the virus spreads if you become in contact with someone who is infected. And it just so happens that in this current outbreak, the virus appears to have entered the community of men who have sex with men. And it's it's spreading that way within that social network. We um, are also seeing, according to CDC data, black and Hispanic men being disproportionately impacted as well. So we are seeing racial disparities emerge here. But again, anyone can get the virus. Right. So what about treatment then? If you think you have it, you develop those uh, pustules on your on your face and whatnot, uh, what do you do? Yeah, if you do see a characteristic rash that you're concerned about, definitely see a doctor about getting tested. And if you test positive, you will need to isolate. And here in the U.S., while there is no FDA-approved treatment specifically for monkeypox, there is an antiviral called T-pox. And this is for people who have severe disease or who are at risk of severe disease during their infection. And that includes like someone with a weakened immune system. So what, what about a vaccine? Is there You mentioned this is not a new disease in the world. So is there a vaccine? Like you said, David, it's not a new disease in the world. It's um, mostly, you know, we've seen it in Western Central Africa. That's where it is endemic. And so we do have two vaccines that can be used for this. There's the Genios vaccine, which is currently uh, being administered in this outbreak. And then there's another vaccine called ACAM2000, but it's not used widely. Genios has been preferred because ACAM2000 has the potential for more side effects. And also, so because of that, it's not really recommended for people with severely weakened immune systems. So, David, you know, we've seen a lot of demand for these vaccines, like people are lining up to get vaccinated. But we do know that the supply so far has not met that demand.
So Jacqueline, before the break, you were saying how there's a huge demand for monkeypox vaccine currently, but not a lot of supply. Why is that? Yeah. So vaccination has been part of the U.S. response to this outbreak from the beginning. But the way we vaccinate has changed and has gotten some criticism. Tonight, the CDC and health officials in Massachusetts investigating a confirmed case of monkeypox identified in a patient hospitalized in Boston. If we go back to the beginning, back in May, when the first U.S. case was detected, there were doses of vaccine in the national strategic stockpile when the outbreak began. And the initial strategy at that time was to vaccinate the close contacts of people who were infected. The strategy failed once the virus started to spread further and because of the difficulty of tracking down all close contacts. Today in Health, San Francisco's monkeypox public health emergency goes into effect to address the growing outbreak there. And over the weekend, New York City became the second major U.S. city to declare a public health emergency. So some jurisdictions in the beginning, they already knew that the strategy might not be the best to respond to this outbreak. One example, I spoke with health officials in D.C. at the D.C. Department of Health on the local level, and they said that from the beginning, they opened up vaccinations to anyone who they saw as being at high risk of exposure. So they essentially went against the CDC guidance at the time. Now, eventually, the CDC did change its vaccination recommendations. But again, this uh, strategy took some time to evolve, and, and some people were very critical of that. Also, with vaccinations, uh, there has been some criticism that the administration waited three weeks to bulk order the Genios vaccine. That's because they had concern of the shelf life, like they didn't know if the demand would match the supply. But lo and behold, today it's the opposite. Exactly. Now it's the supply doesn't match the demand. I got myself over to San Francisco General by 5.30. I was the 123rd person in line. I think one of our biggest challenges is really just the inconsistency of the supply. If we could serve more, we would love to not have to turn people away. Just 45 minutes into the hospital's distribution. Oh, no guarantee for vaccines. They had already reached their daily limit. All right, so... What's different now? How has the administration changed their response to vaccination and the whole outbreak in general? Yeah. So at this point, I mean, you know, under all this pressure, the administration has declared a national public health emergency that happened earlier this month. And it's shifting its vaccine policy to help get more doses of vaccine out of a single vial. The vaccine originally has been injected into the fatty layer under the skin. That's called a subcutaneous injection. And by doing that, it requires a single dose from a single vial. So just last week, the FDA issued an emergency use authorization for the Genios vaccine to be administered in a different way. Now they say, let's administer this what's called intradermally. And that means that the vaccine is injected into the layers of your skin. So it's no longer going further into the fatty layer under the skin. It requires a shorter syringe where it's injected into the layers of your skin. And by doing so, we can use about a fifth of the size of the dose that has been used for the subcutaneous injection. So that means out of a single vial, instead of getting a single dose, 
you could now get five doses. And that's the administration's answer. Wait, a fifth of a to, dose? Does that yeah. mean it's a fifth as good? So there have been studies suggesting that this will ideally provide the same protection as a subcutaneous injection with a larger dose. Hmm. But here's the thing. There haven't been specific studies on the Genios vaccine against monkeypox. These are studies looking at smallpox or looking Hmm. at other vaccinations for other illnesses. Different diseases. Right. Different diseases. Exactly. Um, But in, in theory, based on the scientific literature, the White House says that they do see this method as providing the same protection and potentially being our solution to match demand. And really, I mean, experts say at this point, at least the clinicians I've talked to say that they are hopeful because they do not want to see this virus becoming endemic here in the U.S. and kind of sticking around. And so, David, just a final thought. I think it's important to say, like, let's not stigmatize this disease nor anyone who might be infected. This outbreak, just like any other outbreak of an infectious disease, is a reminder and a wake-up call to how vulnerable we are to pathogens like the monkeypox virus. And a virus does not care about your sexual orientation, does not care about your religion, does not care about your race or ethnicity. As humans, we are all vulnerable here. And so I think it's important to have empathy when talking about this. It's important to have uh, just a sense of kindness, especially when it comes to our health. Absolutely. Well, Jacqueline, thank you very much for this explainer. Really appreciate it. Thank you. The Sunday edition of CNN Five Things is produced by Paolo Ortiz and me, David Rind. Our production manager is Matt Dempsey. Our senior producer is Mohammed Darwish. Our supervising producer is Greg Peppers. And the executive producer of CNN Audio is Megan Marcus. Have a nice week. I'll talk to you next time. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii.